1: Listen here, grinders, because here it is. The success of your elk hunting is going to be dependent on three main things. Your knowledge combined with a solid skill set. And then the one thing that separates the cream from the milk, the right mindset. On today's show, we're going to talk about what we think are the eight key mindset components of successful elk hunting. Eight key points that can take you into the woods with you this year and every year to help you be in the right mindset to punch your tag. That discussion along with our Elk Bros shout outs and questions from our Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar
2: Elk Hunting.
3: Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com. With your host Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk, and they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters.
1: Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Arnellis, the host of your show, coming to you from Spring, Texas, and from Katy, Texas. That's right. The one and only, the leader of the Venezuelan (laughs) mafia, Luis Gonzalez. Right there. And from the DFW (laughs) area, that's right. His tonto to his kimosabi, (laughs) the one and only, Manano. Got their own. <laughs> and from Cimarron, New Mexico, your elk hunting coaches are in the house. That's right. L- Leroy, the ninja Chavez. Hola. What would Joe Gillia do is in the house tonight, live and in proud. What's going on, guys? Hey, What's
4: up, my... man, it, all good fellas. It, this is better than the Wednesday night bowling league. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> it's not all bad for the second take. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, hey, let's let everybody out there know, man. If you uh, if you're a Spanish speaker, or even if you're not. Go look on Apple Podcasts, or, or I'm sure we'll get a link up. Um, we'll put it out on uh, Instagram. We'll put it in different places. But the Venezuela Mafia's first podcast is out. Go find it. It's uh, Casadores.
5: Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Los Casadores. Yeah. I love it, man. That dude's
1: awesome.
4: <laughs> oh, man. And, hey, Manano, I'm just telling you, bro, man, the – that recording is primo, man. Do not change a thing. It is awesome. I mean,
6: casadores, casadores. I love yeah. it. Man. <laughs> well, we have so many feedbacks uh, with the with the voice without uh, the video. He's already wanting to change it, bro. Oh no! Man. No, no 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 no. We, we yeah, won't yeah. change it. We we gonna make some tweaks.
4: <laughs> I, I don't. I would not change a thing, man. I think. Yeah, I think, think it's fantastic, man. Slam dunk. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was really oh, right. something. Here's a draft.
2: Here's the draft of our logo, guys. Right here. Hey, Paul. I like, Hey, wait
7: I like. a second. Who's Excuse this guy? Me.
2: De- Excuse me. Is this where we do our hometown
5: shout outs? What? <laughs> oh, what's up, How's it going, Luis? Oh, Joe Man, yes,
1: the That's one and only. Paul, the pig man, snowed in the house. Hey, what's what's going, going on? On? The test
6: who the true leader of the Venezuelan mafia is. Check it out, Paul.
5: Well,
7: hey, Paul. I believe it. it it's I can't, okay. I can't... It... I'm sure Manano gave you that shirt,
6: huh? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's okay if you think you, uh, Luis is Venice, the, the the leader of the Venezuelan mafia. Because, yeah. I mean, don't don't let him don't let you know take you. I never I never
2: told him he was. Oh, I got it in the recording, dude. I got, got it on recording. I, I, I recorded
6: recording you, bro. somebody's no lying <laughs> right here. Guys, we got to help and, the
4: listeners out here because and if you're if you're just listening to this on a podcast, we have just been joined by Paul Snort from Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. I'm sorry. Ooh, that. New Orleans, Louisiana. New, Orleans, New Orleans, man. I, I don't know it. Exactly. That's all one word? Is that how you say that? New Orleans? That's I guess they so. say it.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Paul, and welcome, Paul. So cool to have you yeah. on the show. Man, it was a surprise. Thank- we didn't know. Yeah. I had no. Hey, thank you all out, for man. having me. That's yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Great Joe likes to have. do those things every once in a while. So he does. I, he likes to throw a
1: solid curveball, man. See how good we are in <laughs> his toes. That's why
2: see, he was so anxious to get going. We normally, dude, do I a mean, lot Gilbert, of... Gilbert went through a half
4: <laughs> <hockey> hour of <laughs> stories, man. And I'm like, you know, Paul's over there waiting what? and trying to come on. And I was like, oh, how do I stop this, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. he's, he's hurrying, and he's gigging us the whole time. Hey, man, come on. We got to go. We got Time's burned up, man. I'm like, mm. the <laughs> The, the
2: cue for knowing when when uh, Joe really wants to get going is, okay, guys, uh, uh, Manano, give me one, two, three. Give me one, yeah. two, three. Yeah, he's ready to hear everybody's <laughs> sound check. So, uh, for
4: everybody that's listening that you don't know, Paul Snort came uh, to South, South, South Texas to hunt pigs with Gilbert and Luis. Uh, and... I don't know, Paul,
7: you tell tell everybody. What kind of time <clears throat> you have, man? Oh, it was an amazing time. Uh, those two gentlemen, Mr. Gilbert and Mr. Luis, are just some of the most amazing people that I've met. You know, they're fantastic. Um, I can't thank you all enough for that. The uh, great host, Mr. Gilbert was. Luis, he's, uh, he's just a stand-up guy. He's great. He's wonderful. Oh, Paul, how um, are you, man?
2: feeling is mutual, brother. Paul, how are you, bud? Uh,
7: I'm 30. I just turned 34 yesterday.
4: You're 34, um, man, and and we got happy birthday, it, brother.
5: It, happy
4: you. birthday, man. Happy you're, birthday, you're right brother. around, right around Luis. But uh, yeah. I, I just wanted Thanks. to say, man, I, I wanted Luis and Gilbert to realize how old they are now. That a 30 year old was calling them Mr. Gilbert and Sir, Mr. Yeah. Louise.
5: <laughs> All right.
1: Yep. I kind
4: of felt hey. it.
5: thank you for the reminder. Yeah.
1: Look, you know, I, I got to say the same about Paul. You know, you never know when guys are coming to hunt. You have these. Anxieties to make sure that the hunt's going to be good for them, and you know we're we're getting started out doing these kinds of things and stuff like that. So we're taking all kinds of feedback, and Paul was you know an awesome guy to have in camp, and you know his expectations were you know right on par with what what we told him i mean you know we told him it's a real hunt this ain't we ain't got them tied up to fence posts and stuff <laughs> like that and, you know he got to experience one of the really true cool ranches in the state of texas i mean um you know the Mac Pryor ranch is a beautiful ranch in the state of texas it's got the Nueces river that runs through it so not beautiful only do you river, got the man the water's yeah. so clear yeah not only do you have the big south texas brush country that's stick bite scratch and poke you everywhere you got the mississippi you got the Nuasis river bottom it looks like you're in the mississippi river bottom uh with big cottonwood trees and pecans and and uh and uh uh anchoring trees and i mean it, it's crazy the diverse uh the diverse landscape that you have there in south oh Texas. man
4: because i mean if if you take a look at i mean because you did some video that yep. you shoot as you're going through some of that Prickly country up there, man, and it looks <laughs> devoid, I mean, It's
5: yeah. just like you it's do rough. not
4: want to go in there. But uh, so I want to ask you, Paul. You know, before I ever went down to South Texas, and the guys told me that you know they have feeders out. You know, I kind of turned my nose up at them, right? I was kind of like, yes, sir. Yeah, and, you know, I was like, oh man, I, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not I ain't hunting <laughs> around
1: no feeder. I don't want to <laughs> hunt
4: around no feeders. I'm not going to be doing this tree sound. I'm going to go down and stalk them and stuff. But that country.
7: It's a little bit different, oh. ain't it? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want to go through them bushes uh, trying to chase them hogs, I don't think. So, but, <laughs> yeah. a couple of them got me and uh yeah they're not fun
2: about
4: how long <laughs> yeah. are those thorns that get you out there man I mean cause oh man
2: <laughs> they're
7: almost two inches long on some of them
2: yeah. Yeah. That's- <laughs> you know, they sting pretty bad man when you pull those out and yeah. it feels like it pulls your skin with it and then just yeah. all of a sudden they pop and they, you get that sting in there for a little bit oh, I tell you the uh,
1: worst one for me is the mesquite thorns they actually have a little like I don't know if it's poison or some yeah. kind of bacteria that's on it makes you sore for weeks man the area that it poked you and uh that he is no joke man i mean it'll go right straight through you and um yeah i mean he got he got to experience a little bit of that and uh and look i mean All in all, he had a a really good experience. Oh my
2: god! He got it done, man. Talk about killing a giant. Got it done. Talk about killing one of the coolest friggin' hogs I've ever seen. I told him, I said, man, I've never killed a hog that the tusks look like those tusks of your hog. I mean, that hog was so gnarly looking, big tusks. I mean, it just beautiful, beautiful, yeah. typical wild hog with some Russian in it. It, it was red, uh, it was roughed so, up, and, so and his tusks were his, perfect. His hog looked like, and, and I'll just tell you,
4: so Paul, my first experience going down there, you know, uh, and it is so different from. All of the, you know, big mesquite down to that river area is just gorgeous on the river down there. And and that's where it's I spent a lot of my stuff. time down there. But, you know, my first experience, and so I, I absolutely, if it was not for feeders in South Texas, I don't think anybody would ever kill anything because to get them out of all that, briar and stuff that's in that country whoo i mean they could be there forever and you'd never even find them you know but i i went down there and and i was ready to you know find these wild pigs and i you know and in my mind i envisioned these dark hairy snarly things and everything and then you know i see these piggies running around man different colors and pink (laughs) and white and stuff like that (laughs) you know and, and i was like man it Who's farm am hunt? hunting? You know, because that's <laughs> right. how they look. But, yeah. you know, dude, that, that hog that you shot was, that is what you envision right there. Sure. I mean, is that yes, reddish, bore It was awesome. That's, that's a tr- tr- trophy yes, I, right? I, there, I tell you, man, man that's
1: the 320 bull, you know. A <laughs> hog like that, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. he's a stud, yeah. you know. And and he put a great shot on him. I'll let Paul tell you about it, but he put a great shot on him. Story, story, man. Yeah.
7: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So uh Mr. Gilbert, he got us out there. I think we got into the stand about six thirty-ish. Um sunrise was about like seven twenty, I believe, yeah, on that day. About an hour and- before. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we had plenty of time. We got in there and he got me set up, and uh, he was running Luis over to where Luis is going to hunt for the morning. And so, it wasn't too long after it was about seven o'clock when that pig came in. So, it was so just by the river, barely right, by the river, yeah. No, I think it's not in by the, the river. river.
2: Mm-hmm. It, the, the river is close, but closed it, it's probably you. about 100 yards behind, yeah. Uh, okay, this setup, yeah, mm. right. So then so he came in about seven o'clock,
7: and I have, uh, and you'll see on the video in there. I mean, I had a doctor to get some light on it, but he came in. I had to watch him for about seven minutes, and uh, he just wouldn't give me a shot. And those, I tell you, those things are, they are jumpy little critters. And uh,
1: <laughs> that's, that's what I mean, they, they, nev- they don't sit they still never, for a second, man. No, they never stop moving.
7: But uh, <laughs> so I, I had to hold, I, I didn't draw because he was quartering to me most of the time. And then he finally jumped back one time because he got a little, he started getting real jumpy. And uh, I figured this was probably my last chance. So then he finally come in after that six minutes and, uh, he come in there and I smoked him right at 20 yards. He ran off and, uh, he laid down. Well then I broke my own rule and I texted Mr. Gilbert to let him know that I got one just so he knew that there was one on the ground. So he, and then he texted Luis and, uh, then Mr. Luis texted me, and I took my phone out, and I was texting him like, yeah, you know, thumbs up, high fives, and everything else. And I go to put my phone back in my pocket before I even looked up, and there was two more coming down the trail straight at me, and they busted me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they ran up the hill, and they sat up there for about 30 seconds growling at me, and I said, you oh, said man. they were bigger
2: than the one that you just shot. Yeah.
7: And they were bigger than the one that I just shot. Wow. So, yeah,
2: I would oh, have said so Manano's just got vitillocia. Well. Yeah, <laughs> I got vitillocia already. <laughs> oh my God.
7: I, th- I think I think my vitillocia just stopped the other day. So,
5: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, oh, no, that I was said, the- hey
2: Paul man. You're, I'm telling you, brother. You know, when you get these critters in front of you and you get to poke one of them, and you, I mean, you, you get to feel in these Vilu lockers, bro, you're going to be hooked and We're, yeah, you're going to be damaged for life from this <laughs> yeah. on. And, well, uh, and that's, and
7: now my wife, she rolled her eyes at me because I came home and I, I just scouted out some new area to go over. It's about 20 minutes from my house. I go hog on now. Yeah. <laughs> I
5: got the awesome. itch. Yeah, that's what
7: we're
4: awesome. talking about. <laughs> that yeah. is way cool paul man and, and and i i know our brothers treated you right man and, and
5: uh oh absolutely uh,
4: I sure. uh,
1: was, it was fantastic having him in camp he's always got an invitation yeah. anytime he wants to come back man and you know um i i, t- I challenge all our grinders out there if y'all want a real cool hunt on a really cool ranch with some uh it's challenging uh y'all just get at me and uh, get at me at Gilbert and Elk Bros, and we'll uh, we'll set something up, man. It'd be fun to do.
4: Yeah. Paul, yes, I, I wanted I wanted to surprise the guys with you here because I wanted to congratulate you. Um, you're the uh, one of the first grinders that we've had that have met up with some Elk Bros actually on a hunt, and you know uh, you got to find out you know what kind of real people these guys are, man. And
7: yep. uh, yeah, awesome people, awesome, awesome guys.
4: Yeah, I, I, I they're okay. <laughs> <laughs>
7: we ride the river together here <laughs>
1: right.
7: be okay. thanks for i'll coming. tell you I'll tell you i had a food that they cook though the food that they cook
2: is oh, outstanding yeah. oh yeah there you oh, go. There you go. Man. See, I didn't even have I, to say anything, brother. It just <laughs> came
7: hey, out Paul. naturally. <laughs> I, I'm telling you.
6: Okay, Paul. I, yeah. I
2: told Louise. I said, I don't
7: know if I could ever hunt with you guys for more than a couple days because I, I think I probably gained about seven pounds while I was
5: there. That's what in Elk Camp. That's <laughs> what I was. Elk
7: camp. Chad, we know how that is, right,
4: <laughs> man?
1: Hell yeah. No, we, no. we know. No. We gain weight at Elk Camp, man. We gain weight. We gain we weight, gain <laughs> weight <laughs> all year to come to Elk Camp and fatten up. <laughs> Paul, thanks for
4: coming and joining yes. us this evening man it uh it was great having you uh we hope to hear a lot of great things about you in the future looking forward to your elk story next all right
7: hey thank you all for having me so good to
1: have mr in, man it's a i know he's a really cool young man uh you know making a name for yourself come from minnesota down to new orleans got a great story joe um just a great young man and uh we appreciate him giving us an opportunity to give him, give him an opportunity to come down and hunt hogs with us, and uh, you know we uh, we we'll, we'll look forward to fostering that relationship going forward.
2: Yeah. Oh, just yeah. good people, just just good people. Very um, good. Good archer, great archer. Very good shot. Um, yeah. Knows his equipment, knows mm-hmm. his bow. Um, knowledgeable, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, I mean, his whole elk story last year is pretty impressive as well. So, yeah, uh, a solid, solid guy, stand-up guy. Definitely glad to have met him, for sure. And
1: was so complimentary com- of our group, you know. Complimentary, Yeah, complimentary of our group um, and how much it's helped him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in his elk hunting journey. He goes, there's no way that I, I cut all those things down if I don't have that academy and if I don't have what you guys have told me he, he said man i've listened to every episode twice you know he goes right. he's just a sponge you know a guy loves to hunt and you know loves his family and it's a, a really cool dude to have around
2: not to mention he was very clear who the leader of the Venezuelan
5: let's just leave it at that <laughs> he, he said he, he didn't
6: say any 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 thing I'm, about the leader I'm, or nothing not, or i may have some something proof. It. okay I, have some proof. <laughs> I gotta see that proof hey look we got it's, joe a bunch
1: of a bunch of really good video too yep. so. Y'all check it out on YouTube. I know Joe will be working in the next few weeks to put something together and surprise the heck out of us. He is so talented at what he does. I mean, we probably overloaded him with more video than he needed. No, there's never more than you need. Trust me. But yeah, Man, we more shot more. all kinds of stuff, all kinds of filler, all kinds of, you know. Uh, again, I really wanted to give Paul the opportunity to have as good a hunt as he could. And I felt like me going in there and putting two two sets of scent in there was just – these hogs are been hunted all year they hadn't yeah. had much pressure off of them and so i wanted to give him the best opportunity paul you know you come back bud we'll get a cameraman with you and get in there and, and do do it right uh but it would take probably letting the ranch set at least a month before i feel like these hogs are yeah. settled
5: down
2: no i agree I, I could tell that right off the bat too but when i got there i mean i knew they'd been given a lot of pressure <sighs> this season it was just going to be a matter of you know, yeah, they're trying to maximize an opportunity by minimizing um, yeah. smell and playing. And no. Yeah, no, playing nobody wanted wind. to be
1: in that. Nobody wanted to be in those sets more than me, I promise. No, no, I, I know. Mean, I, and I, I wanted I did,
2: to be in you know. one of the sets with you, too, man. Yeah, I just, uh, sure. I was, I was kind of excited. Well, and, when- and then,
1: you know, we had the whole COVID thing that we're fighting, too, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to stay social distanced and, and yeah. whatnot. You know, Paul was gracious. He got tested before he came down. Sure. and uh, That's you know, awesome. Yeah, way so cool. you know, it was yeah, way cool.
4: That's super that he was willing to jump through those hoops. He had a great time because of it. And he's doing stuff that's going to keep him right. excited and keep him moving forward towards the elk season. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: guy, He took yeah. home about 75 pounds, 100 pounds of pork, man. I mean, yep. he did absolutely, some- man. I, swine
4: i still haven't had that man i'm still looking forward to that myself so come, <laughs> come
1: on down joe we'll let, you come, we'll let, let you come get at these old hoggies man they're <laughs> joe you,
2: they're a trip We'll we'll extend an invitation for you to go hunt with us by the red river you can bring chaff too yeah, hey, uh, but you, he, 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 he must. I'm, I'm, I'm coming.
5: No, 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 no,
6: no. I'm I didn't coming. invite Beto. Let's make that clear. I didn't... <laughs> Beto, Beto doesn't I'm need not... to be invited. He <laughs> has been invited for me since two years ago. That's the I'm problem. And, and keep inviting him and, him and, and he doesn't come. To and and Chav and, and Joe, too. I mean, Beto, they don't need an
2: invitation. Beto, you so, need to come. All of you need to come. We're going to have a blast.
1: Yeah, I mean, Let's get I to the shout out, boys. <laughs> sounds good fellas guys you know what time it is shout it's time shout out. for elk bro shout, out. shout outs shout if you're new to our show this just shout out to a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. and day. you guys remember if
4: you want to be part of our special video shout outs just get your cell phone take a 10 to 15 second video of yourself in landscape view tell us your name where you're from and include a home of whatever line or something special about your hometown then you can send the video to us through a Message on our Elk Bros Instagram or e- email me, Joe at elkbros.com, and that you have a clip, and I'll connect you up to my Dropbox. Come on, y'all, show your face, celebrate your place. All right, <laughs> we we want to see it. You know what I think we're going to do is I think what we're going to start doing, y'all, and I'm going to tell you right now, um, from this point on, anybody that sends us in a video shout out. That we include on the show will be put into a special drawing that we're going to do, and we're going to put all those names in that pool and we'll wait for uh we'll give us a certain amount of time, maybe a month or two months and we'll do a drawing with those names in there for something special that we want to go ahead and give our grinders from the elk bros. How's that sound yeah. like the and then elk
2: take and then take the names guy. of the one that have done it already and put already in the hat right. Yes, yes, fair absolutely. With those guys. That's right, yeah, fair.
4: we'll include everybody that's done it so far, all right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. So today's top listening city. Man, you know, me and Chad were talking about this before. Been here, done this, man. Uh was named after a city of Massachusetts and sits on top of the Ogallala aquifer. A vast underground reservoir in Nebraska. And Nebraska, y'all, has the most abundant water supply in the Great Plains. It has the largest collection of marbles in the world. Did you know that? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if you lost your marbles, you probably need to go to Nebraska. (laughs) That's where they're at. And it's the birthplace of, get this, Kool-Aid. Kool Aid, birthplace of Kool Aid, Sutton, Nebraska.
5: <laughs> yeah, Sutton, <laughs> Nebraska. So Sutton Georgia, Nebraska.
1: So, Joe, is is it a cl- the collection of like playing marbles yeah. or like marble yeah. slabs No, or
0: no play know, the, the actual playing
1: marbles. Yeah.
0: Marbles. Yeah, marbles
4: yeah, like I toodles. You. you know, there's marbles oh, he lost yeah. his marbles. They're in Nebraska, man, and wow, okay. I, you know. Uh, Chav, myself, Loretta, and Kathy swam in that Ogallala Aquifer, man. Come on, Ogallala.
1: Yep. Ogallala, yep. was it cold, Joe? I
4: know it it was it was awesome it was it was great so we did you know when we were traveling up uh we were seeing going to uh, visit a buddy of mine Don Primley up in Minnesota shout out to Don and uh, we were heading up there man we were like hitting all these things we had to swim here we had to eat there we had to check out different things man it was a really great time and got to go to Sioux Falls and there is Falls in Sioux Falls (laughs) you know so you know all those different stops there and uh that was one of the places Ogallala Aquifer there so cool yeah great to have them on the top of the
6: list okay up next this top this top listening city was founded on a valley that once served as an Apache campsite sits on the southern edge of the Mogollon mountains of the Gila National Forest, the area noted for silver, gold, copper, lead, and zinc mining was once called San Vincent de la Ciénaga, Marsh, Silver City, New Mexico. Silver City.
1: Silver City, New Mexico, isn't
4: it? Gila National Forest. And uh, Manano, you've got, there are like. You, there are so many elk hunters across the United States right now going, it's Gila, buddy. It's Gila. Gila. Yeah. <laughs> because well, the Gila, Gila, that is, when most people think about hunting elk in New Mexico, it's synonymous with the Gila. It's, yeah.
2: it's kind of how you would pronounce Joe, Joe- Heglia.
5: Helia Yeah,
6: Hila. Hila. No, he, Hila. Hila. yeah
5: I was going to say that bro. guys
6: How
1: do you pronounce it Gila? and then why ain't we pronouncing Joe's
6: Helia Because it's not Italian bro uh, Oh I don't understand uh, How do no, you pronounce Mogollon Mogollon Mogollon, Mogollon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magallanes. No, it's uh, Magallan. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Did, did it um. not sound like the same thing? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's the Italian coming out in me, bro, man.
5: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> Silver City, New Mexico. I, I, it's so cool to have that that side of the 505 uh, on a shout out, man.
3: Awesome. Yeah. There could be 575 down there. Uh, I'm not sure. Might be, huh? Next up, this city was founded in 1879 and grew in importance as an agricultural center. It is located at the confluence of the Des Moines river and lots Creek. The city is located in a valley home to numerous high quality vineyards and wineries and the majestic Shiva Vishnu temple in Livermore, Iowa.
4: Deer country, right? In that white tail deer country big, big white tailed
1: deer country yep. absolutely yep for sure yeah. the uh I... des moines river i've been when i've made my trip up there through iowa i went through that des moines river area man it's some beautiful country up there joe and big giant white tails I... iowa kansas wisconsin all that area up there has got some yeah,
4: I... big Chad, did we travel through iowa or did we miss uh,
3: yeah i think we did actually. yeah i think
4: we went through part of it right Part of it, yeah. awesome man. Livermore, Ooh, I just bye. like I, you know, I, I the the name just you know, as a child, liver was not my thing. <laughs> so
1: <it was> like... <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, man. I'm a liver guy. I, You're like a liver it. Guy? No, I don't like liver. oh, yeah, uh, heck yeah, I like it. Liver, you bet. yeah, yeah, I'm a, I like it. You like it, Chav? Yeah, I, I don't Livermore like
4: it. Like, chav it's all kinds of. You know, he, he, he knew and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, was, love, my favorite. Oh, oh man. Love
4: <laughs> it. Look, look, with all of that good meat on a critter, why you oh, gotta be yeah. grazing the gut pile? That's oh, all I'm saying. Oh yes. Give
1: me the gut. <laughs> Give me the gut, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, back at it, Joe. This next city was named after an Italian capital of Tuscany. During the Civil War, it was occupied by both armies. At numerous times, home to a famous Kennedy long rifle used in the Revolutionary War, it was home to the succession of Indian tribes, the Uchis, the Shawnee, and the Cherokee, and the Chickasaw, In none other than Florence, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama in the house. Yes, sir. Alabama.
2: All right. So uh, the last city on the top of our charts this week is... Uh, was part of, it's part of the Madison metropolitan area and the third largest city in Wisconsin. It was settled in 1827 and became a lead and zinc mining center in the 19th and 20th century. Restaurants are known for serving Cornish food, such as pastries and figgy a type of pastry with raisins. Uh, and this would be Mineral Point, Wisconsin. Mineral Point, Wisconsin, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, you Did gotta fig- say that right, man. Figgy no, no. Hobbin. Well, you said that it, one
4: right. <laughs> it's, it's pastries, but you got you got the Figgy Hobbin. You didn't get the pastries. So, hey, yeah. man, you know, it's. <laughs> hey, you know I'm getting there. I'm I getting, getting there. Have. <laughs> what a Figgy Hobbin, dude. Uh, dude, I gotta have me some wow. Figgy Hobbin. Well,
1: yes. I never had that Mineral Point, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's like it. we had to have some nuns trappistine caramels. We found yeah, trappistine them
4: caram- caramels, man. Yeah. You say caramels, I say caramels. He Whatever. says pastries, I say pastries. See, I mean, it's exactly. just how it goes. Potato,
6: potato, right, Luis? Tomato, tomato. tomato. Well, I said gila and you said gila. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah some say gila, some say gila. <laughs> I'm down to go either way. But, I mean, yeah.
4: Look, I got news for you. Those guys out there going, if I i draw a tag i don't care what you call it let me in let me in <laughs> all
1: right
4: guys let's get to tonight's topic remember everybody listening to this uh series the goal of this preseason elk guide series is to give you our tips our perspectives on how we do it to get things rolling in the right direction and then help you have a plan it's been about the what the when the where the why and how to hunt elk this year uh this is part six, which is the eight key mindset components of successful elk hunting. Our opinion on these. And part seven next week. Oh, man, man, this is going to be kind of fun next week as well. Learning to paint with your elk calling. And that's what that one's going to be. And uh, and I, so I'm sure you're going to, there's a lot of people going to want to be in on that one. And then, I mean, it just, hey, this is all the stuff you guys are needing Prior to this elk season, the part eight is going to be elk scouting, focus, goals, and realities. So great lineup that we have coming up for you. We're hoping that you've really gotten something out of value of this series so far. And we're going to get into tonight. And tonight is about getting into the right mindset, y'all. Because, look, I don't care what – how many athletes – would you say that you've known Gilbert? That you've known Chav? How many people that have you guys known? Manano and Luis. That you look at those people mm-hmm. and they have so much potential. They have so much talent. They have so much ability. But there's when it comes down to it, sometimes Manano's one. They they just they just don't pull it off because they they are not. They don't have it upstairs. They don't believe up here in what they're capable of doing or have the right mindset for what they need to accomplish things. And I tell you what, man, I mean, you can be six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pounds, and if you think that you're a little old guy, that's how you're going to feel, man. I mean it's uh yeah, whatever
1: you think you're right. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like that, Beto. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Thank you, Rock. I right. yep. tell my kids that all the time. Whatever, you know, oh, coach, I can't hit. You're 100% right. You are right with that mindset.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's that's why he, Luis just sent Elvia him. to make a t-shirt for him <laughs> saying the leader of <laughs> Venezuelan mafia. Yeah. He he, he truly believes he's a leader of Venezuelan mafia. Hey, you know, you got to believe it into existence. Hey,
2: if if you know. I think it I'm right. Bet better you hey, said it,
1: bro. Yeah, there's no <laughs> that's doubt. That's you're, the way. The mind's a real powerful thing and like Joe said, you know, if it, it's You know, 10% of what happened to us is 90% how we deal with it.
4: Absolutely, man, Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you can have that solid skill set, you can have all the knowledge, uh, but if you don't include some of the mindset that we're about to talk about, then it's real difficult to be successful because you let those negative things affect you and impact you and creep in and keep you from being successful.
1: And, and you know, I got a girl right now, Valerie Amaya, who just tore her ACL, PCL, MCL, and medial meniscus. This kid's got several offers out there, Joe, and bless her heart, she's a senior, and it's going to be a year before she gets back on the field. Uh Do you think she's going to get off that horse and quit? Absolutely not. No. What's really cool is the college offers that she's got. They're going to keep their offer, and you they're know, not going to I, it. I,
4: I think one thing I want to throw out there, Gilbert, that I don't talk a whole lot about is that I think it's that focus too. Is when an, when a, a kid like that or an adult, and all we are is big kids, y'all. Exactly. But when we are in situations like that, we lose focus of what's really important, and the fact that that kid loves to play ball and is going to get herself back so that she can play ball. If you just follow the passion, if you just compete for the love of competing, if you just hunt for the love of hunting, and you do the things because of the passion that you have there, the rest of that stuff takes care of itself. Absolutely. You know, so many times we get so worried about, that we, the
1: small stuff. Yeah. that
4: we forget mm-hmm. yeah that we forget why we're here and why we love what we love
2: and and yeah. and look i think there's another another point uh that kind of clicked on with me when when beto was talking it's like look i think we as humans we have every right to the to have that first reaction and, and just you know feel bad. feel bad about it you know yeah, it sucks. we have every right to to just Go ahead and let it sink in and, 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 you know, cry if you need to cry, get upset if you need to be upset. Sure. Uh, the, the difference comes whether or not you let that go and move on. Right. And, uh, and well, so you choose yeah, to on if it. you keep dwelling on it, mm-hmm. then you're not going to move past that. and You're not going to move forward. It's,
4: it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's about how that. many times you get back up, yeah.
2: right? And, and it's okay right? to feel overwhelmed, it's okay to feel tired, it's okay to feel sad, angry, all of that. But you know, just just pass get past that feeling because it's therapeutic therapeutic as well. You get but past this, that feeling and then move forward. Right?
1: And what Luis is preaching it comes from personal experience. I guarantee you I've watched his elk hunting career modulate into exactly what he's telling you from a point of, man, do I really want to do this or, or hang this up? Is bow hunting really for me? He, all of that went through. He went absolutely. Through, you know, absolutely, bit.
4: Well, I, I, I want you to chav what, I mean, in the, <laughs> every day, right, bud? I mean, what, Exactly. how many times have you been knocked down in the last year?
3: sure yeah it's yeah it's been uh been kind of crazy but you got to roll with the punches and just keep going keep going forward you know yeah Yeah, look uh, i i'm a firm believer
2: that how are you doing tough
3: (laughs) well you gotta be gotta be positive
2: you know unbelievable
3: well i'm a positive person
4: But but what's the option bro What's the option? Well, yeah. We, I mean, you know, I
6: guess we don't have any. I mean, you, you should not have any other option other than. I,
4: yeah, I don't want to think of what the you other. Can are. You can I, always quit. You can always give up. Yeah, that's the <laughs> easiest thing to that's do. That's
1: the easiest
6: <laughs>
4: option, right? That's,
1: yeah. yeah, that's the easiest yeah. thing to do. Is quit. But
4: yeah. you're you're not quitting on nobody but yourself, right? Yourself. And so absolutely, yeah. that's. that's and you that's, won't be happy
2: with that either.
4: No, it absolutely won't. Won't do that. So it'll it'll that, make you.
6: I mean
2: worse it'll be worse if you quit yeah cuz then oh. then then you go into regret and it goes back to one of the things I was talking about in in the other podcast the other day it's just you know that's one of my fuels when I feel like I can't go anymore then I think then I go into the fear of regret you know yeah. mm-hmm. i i i picture myself going through the failure and then being at the other end of it and looking back and saying, man, I didn't give it all. I didn't give it my best and I regret not doing that. And so the fear of having to go through that thought process is what actually makes me, you know,
1: yeah, and how much sweeter was the win when you won? Exactly. How yeah, much yeah, sweeter absolutely. was the win, brother? And, and I
4: hate to, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to cut you guys off, but what you guys are talking about is really going to fit in to each one of these things that we're doing. And and <laughs> no, that's so, cool, yeah we get off
1: chasing rabbits for sure.
4: Well, <laughs> you know, actually, I mean, you guys are chasing the right rabbit. We just got to stick it in the right hole, is all we oh, to right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. you know, so what we're going to do is we have. Eight Key Components and Expectations to a Positive Elk Hunting Mindset. So for you guys listening, you can, during, we really want you to listen to these. We really want you to go over some of these in your head. We're going to, they will be on our site under our preseason planning link up on our website, elkbros.com. And you can find any situation during your hunt and by simply telling yourself one of these that is going to fit that moment it will help you to refocus and to move ahead once again with the right mindset because like louis said you know every every one of us are going to feel these things at times, every one of us are going to throw ourselves a dang party or a pity party or God dang woulda, coulda, shoulda type thing. And hopefully, you know, you you're, we're going to help you to do things so that you minimize that. All right. So let's start with number one, guys. These are the key components. Number one, when you go out there on your hunt, expect to be successful expect to be successful believe every time that when you go out there that today is the day every morning that you get up that this could be your day if you see it if you be it you can do it and i i i really think to myself i you know i hear a lot of people before they even go out to hunt they're like well, if I don't get one, at least I'll have a good time, right?
6: <laughs> you know. I, I, I always rem- remember this, Joe. When, when we were in our first hunt uh, up there, uh, you go like, today we're going to kill an animal. Because I, every time that I go out, I believe I'm going to get something. I'm, I'm capable to kill something. And, and that, I remember every single time that I go out and hunt, the, those words. Yeah, I'm going to kill something today. I'm, I'm able to, I'm going to do whatever is in my power to kill something today.
4: And, and how did, when you have somebody that expresses or permeates that, what does that
2: do for you with those people? Increases confidence, it's contagious.
6: Motivation. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Look man,
2: when I mean, you got
1: confidence, it, that's huge. Yeah.
6: You know. Confidence confidence is everything. I yeah. I I mean when I used to ride dirt bikes and, and that's the main point of riding dirt bikes. It, don't don't feel don't feel worried about the race. Just just let it flow. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean Confidence in your
1: abilities To handle what you can Handle You can only handle What's in
3: front of you Yeah What's Uh, that chap? Let the game come to you Yeah man
1: Absolutely Don't press Yeah You know Now
2: one of of the things I would say Joe Uh Is that um, You know a lot of people will probably be thinking now, well, you know, if, if, you put your, if you give yourself that expectation every day and several days go by and that's not happening, obviously that's going to die down and you're probably not going to have the same expectation the fourth day or the fifth day or so on and so forth. And, and it becomes a mental game. So in, in, my, in my opinion is that always, always have the expectation that is going to happen that day. Don't let it die down. And, and convert it into a belief more than an expectation. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help you to keep that level of belief day in and day out. The day's over and I didn't meet my expectation, that's a downer. That's the mindset that needs to be changed. Is when the day's over and that expectation of that day wasn't met – don't let it put you down build a new belief or expectations for the next day but that, right? yeah. so, anticipation but,
4: but sure. that that right there is that's where um the feeling for the hunt the passion for the hunt doesn't just because that you expect to be successful just because you have the mindset that every time i pick up my bow if i go out there and I am able to create an opportunity, I can put myself in position to make this happen. Just because you have that doesn't mean that when it doesn't happen, that all was for naught.
1: Because right. it was yeah. a total learning experience. I agree. Oh,
4: it's, that's the hunt. I mean, that's yeah. why we call it hunting. It's not
2: yeah. killing, yeah. it's yeah. hunting, right? And that is the clarification that I wanted to give with that point. Yes. Yeah, don't let that don't let that put you down when it just doesn't happen that day, right? Let well, it fuel it even more.
4: I, I just, I, you know, I have seen people. I have been with people where um, we're moving through the woods, and I can tell who's in the moment, who's hunting, yeah. who's being a predator, and who's on a hike, yeah. right? I mean, you, yeah. you can tell by how a person carries their shoulders. You can tell by their attentiveness where they're 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 now a. They're not a participant anymore. They're uh, a Get passenger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're disconnected, and they're, like you said, they're a passenger.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know. and that's the thing. Well, I'll, go ahead, Leonardo.
6: L- L- Luis is a passenger from time to time. He, al- I always carry him. This- you know <laughs> dragging him in the mountains it's kind of a passenger from time to time but it's okay hey manana
2: we were just talking about what we believe and if that's what you believe you're right bro yeah
4: this is a
5: public <laughs> oh, forum this
2: is like that's
5: all right <laughs> but you this know a I, I can forum. see
4: i can see where some guys that that haven't because you're you what you said was the key word the confidence right if i have the skill set chav you've said it a number of times about how you feel if we locate or see an animal.
3: Yeah, I think we—I think Gilbert and I have mentioned that several times. Uh, if we see the animal, uh, we feel we're going to get an opportunity, and if we've trained well enough, uh, we just got to close the deal.
4: Yeah, so and that that's what I'm saying is that if if I'm somebody that has not prepared if if I don't have my skill sets down, if I don't have my knowledge factor down, if there's chinks in that armor, then your expectation is going to be different. It, it's because you're 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 not necessarily I think you're more exploring. Yeah. I think you're more learning than you are hunting.
1: Well, no doubt, and I've said this a thousand times to my athletes and to everybody else who comes hunting, well, you can't cheat the game. The uh-huh. game don't know, but it will find you out real quick, right? Sure. The game don't know who's playing it. The elk don't know who's hunting them. But if you don't have your skill set, you're going to find out real quick that this isn't every. You know, this isn't as easy as everybody cracks it up to. You have got to put the work in, everybody. And when you put the work in, you've got to have the confidence to go ahead and use what you've been doing all year.
4: Believe in it, right.
1: Yeah, and believe in it. You know, believe in your abilities to make opportunities for yourself and then to close the show when it's time to do that. There is not... I truly believe every time that I step in the woods with Chav or Joe or Luis or Manano, I believe that if we get within striking distance of one of those animals, we're going, we're, going, we're going to harvest the animal. We're going to do that. I believe that these are the best closers in the country. Uh, I feel like I'm one of the best closers. You get me within, uh, you know, striking distance that animal, I'm going to do my job. And I'm expected to do my job. That's why, you know, when, I had a little peep incident this year. I had a little pity party for myself and was like, man, I don't, I don't ever miss an opportunity like that. I mean, I just don't. But again, it's about really in tune. It does. It, you know, there are going to be things that go wrong, but you know, I could have just stayed in camp and Oh, woe is me. My foot hurts. Yada, yada, yada. But no, man, I got back on the back on the horse, took off with Joe, whether he's going to kill me or not. And uh, we got in there and, and, and knocked it out, you know, and, uh, and got it done. But that's, that's the resiliency in the mindset that we have in elk camp. And like Joe said, that's what we want to give to you guys. Right. You do the preparation so that you don't have these that's, little voices in our heads. That's exactly and
4: why we're out. doing this, man. We yeah. are trying to give you that information. We are trying to shorten that learning curve. We're trying to help you get the skill sets and And the other thing that we're trying to give you to is belief and You know, I can remember before I killed my first deer with a bow, man, and I can remember practicing, and I used to practice at work. On my lunchtime, I was out shooting, man. I was out shooting back of the building, man, all the time. Uh, And I'm shooting certain distances, and guys come out there, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, man, I'm going hunting this weekend. They're going, you're going hunting with that? You're not going to kill anything with that. Get you a gun. Get you a real weapon, you know, (laughs) like that. And there were so many people, and I can remember when that, deer stepped in front of me and i drew back i could see all of those faces and hear all of those naysayers because you can do it it can be done you got to have that unicycle mentality and you just got to okay. stay after you got to be that dog on a bone and you got to keep learning and you got to keep in, improving those skill sets because you can do this and when you step in the woods know that you can do this that, Yo, that's, yeah that's 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 the main point.
6: That's right? really, really important. It's okay to, however, it's, it is okay to say, okay, if we don't get something, we're going to have fun. But it is okay to say after, Absolutely. if you didn't get something, okay, at least we got fun. At least we we, we, we saw, you know, animals or we, we had fun on, on the during the hunt, but not before going out. Yeah. The mindset have to change. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean,
4: you're going to love, if, if you love to hunt, just being out there and being part of that process, being that circle, being, you know, noticing the wind, the
2: smells, the, the movement. Walking, the in, walking in circles as well.
4: <laughs> All of that, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Number two, uh, guys, love you got to have this in your head, man. Expect the hard, the steep, the far, and the deep. Yep. You've got and to the respect repeat. that.
1: <laughs> and, What's the that? and the repeat. And, and the repeat. And the repeat. Daily repeat. <laughs> yep.
4: Especially That's in
3: circles. In, yeah. <laughs> if,
1: if,
4: if you're going to kill an elk, you got to go where they are. It's just that Good. simple. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be far, hard, and deep, but mentally, if you're ready for that, then it's cake, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I what I've always heard people say: um, uh, expect the worst, hope for the best. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: and, and, <laughs> and it goes back to managing expectations. Prepare and... for the worst, hope for the best. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, case in point: two years ago, Joe, I me,
1: mean, you, Chav on the first hunt, bang! You, I mean, first day, you right out of the box, whack! You kill the first bull, easy peasy, Japanesey. I mean, we didn't have to go. <laughs> We didn't have to go how far, man? I mean, really. Half a mile, a mile
4: to pack it out? Yeah.
1: Yeah, a mile, not even less than that, you know. Yeah. Then had the boys show up that day, you know, <laughs> load them up. They didn't get to, you know, bus camp out. They, we loaded them up and put them on that bull, and, man, it was over, you know. And then, and then the work began. You know, that number two, three, four was uh, – <laughs> we worked for every one of them. That's for sure.
4: Uh yeah, shout out to uh uh our main guy, uh Diego Otero over there Main Beam Addiction. Uh if you <laughs> guys don't don't know this kid, you know, he has his own business out of uh uh he he's south of Albuquerque there and I believe it's Las Lunas and and I mean this guy he posted today on uh ig you know that uh the the greatest feeling of the hunt and it showed somebody packing out an elk you know Definitely. and my comment was well when you have our crew it is <laughs> yeah no doubt
1: yeah because you're you're uh your uh your work is cutting to a fourth yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. man yeah. these cats these cats are warriors man you get a guy like Manano and Luis and chav and joe i mean these guys are warriors they're gonna come come with it come hell or high water rain snow sleet, shine i mean these cat, brendan too i mean these guys are all gonna pitch in and do the work and make it help everybody be successful
4: and I, i i the other thing i want to tell you is when you talk about expect the hard the steep the far the deep um you know we mention all the time that elk need security food and water right and yeah. and i mentioned before i think one of the reasons that a lot of hunters are not out in the woods is because of the need for food water and security Shilter, right yeah. and uh, you know make sure that you're prepared to be out there and to go far and to be able to be out there and get back late if if that's what it calls for and, yeah, and, and ex-
2: i was it, gonna it, make unexpected I was gonna make that comment, Joe, because it's not just expect it to be hard, steep, far, and deep. Prepare it's for prepare it. for it. Yeah, because exactly. you do nothing with expecting it and not preparing for it, and I think it's super obvious, but you know, it's still important to clarify. <laughs> you yeah. got to be yeah. prepared for that.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we weren't go We weren't necessarily prepared for you know inches of snow come September the ninth, but here we were. You know. Uh, and we had to prepare for it and uh it wasn't it wasn't expected it just come out of the blue that big northern blew yeah. up on us and you know I, again help me in my preparation this year i will have some stuff ready to rock and roll <laughs> in the truck for next time
4: <laughs> number three it only takes five minutes of an entire hunt for it all to happen
2: absolutely
1: <laughs> man how many times have we pulled probably, that out of
2: that? probably even less than that to turn yeah. it all around and and that's where what
4: what luis was talking about before when he was talking about managing expectations and how you start to get down um and that yeah i mean it's day four day five you know chab i don't know if you remember that one hunt that we had that year that was so hot and dry and we struggled man i mean we hunted one area for three days zero elk, nothing, zilch, man, they just weren't in the country, and, you know, we moved to another area that we started hunting, and we struggled, I mean, it was just so hot, and, uh, you know, the animals were going in early, they were hard to find, they were jumping off, and, you know, we ended up going out and actually sleeping at night out there until we smelled the elk and then stayed with the herd all through the night. And then, man, I mean, it just it just changes. It just changes like that. I mean, I've I've stayed on herds from three in the morning in the moonlight all the way through probably five, six miles of traveling to a situation that you think was blown several times. To all of a sudden what you think is blown changes just like that. I mean, just like that one 100 yards up 100 yards over a ridge just like what happened you know with you this gilbert this year
1: right buddy
5: mm-hmm.
1: it, yeah i mean it, dude we uh you know we had been ridge to, ridge to ridge to ridge to ridge and you know it was getting we were getting worn out his last few minutes of daylight that was coming up and you know i just eased over this little ridge and one little cow call later man and it was uh katie bar the door i mean it was bull after bull after bull after bull and we had just had that mindset of, oh man you know it's been a long day and i mean joe had to be wore out he just killed a bull and we butchered him and everything got him back or, you know hauling him out and got him back to camp and i know joe was tired and uh it would been real easy for joe to cash it and pack it in and that one little bugle man and uh one little the one little ridge top that's just the way it is for us though i mean the year before that (laughs) the year before that we've been up to the top of that ridge three times and two in that day and then had to go back up there again because we heard another bull but look you know joe myself everybody in that same mindset hey man you hear them we're gonna go to them and we're gonna try to make a play on them that's what we're here to do you know we work we say this all the time guys you work 300 and you know 360 days, 355 days out of that year to get ready for that next 10 days. And you, you don't want to leave one of them on the table. I mean, in the minute you do, you cheated yourself and everybody else, you know? So, man, guys prepare, prepare for it to be hard, prepare for it, you know, to, to take you to that, to that nth degree, that, that path of, you know, whether you don't, you don't know if you can do it or not. I promise you your mind is a lot stronger than you think, and your and your body will do what your mind tells it to do. So
4: you know it's when they, preparation, Joe. You know when they say it's not over till it's over. That's right, Job. How many times
3: do you think we've oh. had? <laughs> a lot of times, and I and I know uh, you know, like Luis was saying before, or Manana was <laughs> saying he pulls Luis along. There's there's times when you're heading back to camp where you're just uh, dead tired. And you got your head down a little bit, and all of a sudden there's a there's a milk or You hear a call, and your adrenaline just, just shoots up. But you know it it, it all comes down to uh, preparation. You know if you prepare well enough, uh, opportunities are going to be there. Uh, and like I said, it could happen in five minutes. And then going on to the next component, uh, you know you can have an opportunity that gets blown up right in front of you. But if you just wait a second or two he's going to give you another opportunity. You know, if you jump a bull, he's not sure what you are. He's only, he's only going to run a little distance, turn around, and give you a shot, kind of like Luis's bull this year. So, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of times where people kind of give up too early. You just got to stay with the grind. I, I'm Our wives used to think we planned it. Yeah. They,
5: yeah. They,
4: they thought yeah. We, I, I am not able to tell you how many times we've killed – bull yeah. or bulls doubled out last day last hour of the hunt yeah i mean you hunt seven days and you kill a bull on the last day last hour man i mean yeah. because things change <laughs> just like that
3: yeah. remember the one the one we killed in the i guess it was unit 16 we killed it real late and the hike back to the truck was like it seemed like five hours you know, yeah. it might might not have been. I just remember that carrying a uh, quarter uh, up that hill, quarter, carrying a hindquarter. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. If I stopped, I wasn't going to start up again. It was so heavy. So I just kind of,
4: I not so, know like if
3: been there before, but that was the hardest.
4: Yeah, I, I can I, remember. I, in, you know, Joe. I chased a bull down in the bottom of this canyon, killed this bull down in the bottom. And when I say bottom, I mean, we're talking. Half- <laughs> oh, <bottom. laughs> I mean, it had to have been a mile up to get out of the canyon. Just to get to wow. the
3: road, yeah.
4: Yeah, just mile to get to up the to the truck. top. And then we had to keep going to the truck. And. Uh, and I actually, something hit me. I, I hit like a flu bug or something like that. I got real sick. So luckily we had another buddy there, but we were literally hauling this animal, wanted to get it all out in one trip. Cause we did not want to go back down in that hole. And so we were all carrying as much meat as we could and had to go up over all these blow downs off of a steep last day, last hour. We were expected to be home that day, probably about three o'clock. We got here at at two in the morning. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) it took us that long to get that critter out of that canyon, man. It was, it was, it was work, man. So, you know, uh, it only I expected though. Yes, absolutely. You just got to keep hunting. Look again, like Gilbert said, you know, you've, you went to go on a seven day or a 10 day hunt. Well, (laughs) hunt all them days. Cause you're not going it's going to be over and then it's going to be another, another three, 350 yeah, days. It's going to be another <laughs> 350 days, man. Yeah. So hunt them all, man. And hunt the crap out of them is what we're yeah. saying. Enjoy it. Yeah. Love it. Embrace it, man. Be part of it. And Chad, what, what's that? I so said no regrets, like losing. no regrets, man. So Chav alluded to number four, which was encounters get blown. That's just part of elk hunting, y'all. If there's no risk, there's no reward. Live for the challenge. Love and learn the experience. If if you get aggressive, I would rat look, uh, We had distance runners, and I don't know if you guys have ever ran a mile competitively or a two-mile competitively or an 800 competitively. But, you know, we'd have these distance runners that would go out, and they would run that first quarter of whatever they were running. They'd give it everything, and a lot of times they would burn before the end. They would just burn. And they would come back, and they are like, I'm sorry, I went hard. You know what? I would rather have a kid give too much trying to make it happen than to be passive now of course you got to be smart and they learn that with experience but if they don't have i would much rather have that person that goes for it and if it blows guess what you get to race again next week man you know you blow an encounter with an elk well hey man talk about that chalk that up laugh about it enjoy it and learn from it learn from it And then go smile and go make another encounter, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's right.
4: Uh, You know, we've been fairly efficient, but Gilbert, you and I have been together where in one day, I don't know, we'd had six encounters.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
4: Joe blew them all up,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, at you, Joe, myself, for, for whatever reason, you know, the wind got on us or, you know, whatever, we we blew them up. You know, nine times out of ten, though, we blew them up because we were being real aggressive. And, uh, look, I, I, I would rather lose doing what we love to do and be aggressive than win a, a layup or be lucky. You know what I mean? So, we kind of, you know, we kind of do it like we like to do it, you know, and – And uh, that's what works for us, you know, being, again, you know, I've killed several bulls, too, where, you know, I've been in the right place at the right time, but you still have to finish. You still have to get within the kill zone of that animal. Maybe not, and, and, you know, that year, Chav and I were 12 feet from all those bulls. We couldn't even, we couldn't even move wrong, or they were going to just, you know, blow up but managed to coax them into believing that we were somebody they couldn't see and uh that you know those wins like that and again that was on an in an evening where we were just really going to quit because we didn't have nothing going on and then just stumbled into this deal and made lemon lemonade out of lemons you know yeah sure chat with chavs on he only takes five ter-
4: minutes, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: He knew the terrain. He knew, you know, we had the wind and he's like, look, man, we go- we're going, we're going to try anyway. I mean, we, we're going to try to do what we can do our part to get in the-, the middle of them and see what happens. And that's, that's all you can ask for, you know, oh, it's all you can ask for. And you expect that out of yourself. We were in physical fit we were good physical fitness where we can move quickly. And, uh, and once we got in there, it's just some real you know, understanding how to speak the language, not being some warrior trying to I mean, if I'd have let out the biggest, baddest growling bugle, they'd all left. You know, because they just weren't that kind.
4: You, you know? know, when I saw this year, uh and I talk about how much these boys have grown as elk hunters, Manano and Luis, right? And grinders tuning in, thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our base camp elk hunting training camp the first in a series of online courses from our blue collar elk academy our base camp training camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels this course will be like nothing. you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds The elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because, y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And Basecamp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15-year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing, to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E L K B R O S dot com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. Luis had That bull come running on top of him, but Manano did something that Manano when I met him wouldn't have done. I mean, we have a bull down the hill that is, you know, he's chuckling at us, he's he's conversing with us, he's not that far away. And old Manano would have just, you know, stopped and, you know, not wanting to move. Yeah, Yeah. and not wanting to spook him out. But we have it on video, man. You can watch how this guy moves through uses, you know, not worrying so much about, you know, making any noise. He moves down that hill. He finds a good position where he's got good shooting lanes, catches movement of that animal, gets set up, makes an aggressive move, drawing on that animal twice as he's coming in, and and finishes it, man. I mean, that's not something he would have done a year ago. You know, no,
6: never, never. never. Yeah, it, it's
1: the evolving of
6: what, what was in your animals. head, man. What were you thinking? I gotta kill that animal. So <laughs> move it. <laughs> so you you know, short the distance, close the distance and just 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 trying to get uh you know some cover and, and I was expecting to to see the elk, because it was kind of an open field.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh little little trees and stuff. Uh, but when i saw the l coming uh, i just i just calculated i don't know 100 yards so i cut the distance just around 50 yards i moved really quick and i cut the distance really far uh, really fast it was an aggressive move it really was yeah but but i did it because i was i had some cover right otherwise I, i had to get you know on the ground and and just wait well see that's where i
4: want people to listen though because you're able to make noise where that animal's not able to see you. So that animal is thinking because of us having the conversation back and forth with me calling that there's other elk that are moving this way. He hears those noises. He does not think of it. You know, now it's confirming it's human, that there's elk yeah. there. And yeah. you go in because he's not able to see you. You get down. We continue calling. and He comes right in. And, man, you d- it was aces, man, uh, bull on the ground. So, you know, uh, have you not made that move, you might have never had that encounter.
1: 100%.
6: So,
4: you know, when we say that encounters get blown what we're doing is we're giving you a mulligan y'all we're giving you an excuse telling you that it's okay to make mistakes but it's better to make a mistake trying to get an opportunity than to sit back and lose out on an opportunity and and regret
2: not having made made a move absolutely and i tell you another thing manana wouldn't have done two years ago he wouldn't have been on the phone while on a setup.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, that, that would. Yeah.
4: Wait, oh, wait a second though. I think though the reason he pulled the phone out was the year before he got reception in that exact same spot, if I remember correctly.
6: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
4: That's right. yeah. <laughs> number
6: cover, five. Joe. Good cover
4: <laughs> Number five is never. Listen to this. Never, I will repeat. Never give up. Adjust. Yeah. Adjust to the situation. No matter what the circumstances are, Guys and gals, you can find a way to be successful. Elk hunting is dynamic, man. It, oh. it There is no silver bullet. There is no, this worked for me last week, so it's going to work for me today. It worked for me last year. It's going to work for me today. It's ever-changing from day to day, moment to moment. Anybody have an example of that?
1: Absolutely. The uh, year I killed my big bull, um, We've been hunting the whole week up Which top. Big
4: uh, Don't he say every one of them says-
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the big one when we had Tucker and Luisa's oh. first elk hunt. Okay. Louisa- oh yeah, that was the big bull. Oh the yeah. big bull. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luisa's first elk hunt. So we've been working. We've been hunting up top the whole week, right? And it'd been it was dead. <laughs> I mean, just could not get on anything, man, and you know a lot of guys would have given up there well not joe joe knew well heck if they ain't up there they got to be down here you know so we just started going around down to the places that joe knew and getting around uh the oak brush and stuff like that but if we'd have never if we would have never made that adjustment we wouldn't have killed all those bulls joe mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. so i mean manana ended up killing a, a cow or no manana, manana wasn't i
2: wasn't there that year um yeah. But I think, I, think, I think you bring up a really good point, Beto, as far as not giving up during the hunt. Right. But I want to take it to a different level. It's like, don't ever give up on elk hunting. It doesn't necessarily have to be on that hunt. Look, if you go back, empty-handed, don't give up. Just keep yes. on working harder for next year and so on Absolutely. and so forth. Look, yeah. it, it, took me, it took me four years.
1: No, me yeah. too. Took me a long time yep
2: so so the the never giving up is is yes absolutely for that hunt every day don't give up until that hunt is completely over but then when the hunt is over hey start don't give up because now you have a whole year to prepare for the next hunt
1: yeah and like joe said i mean making adjustments is key you know uh you got to figure out what in the area that you're hunting if if that's the right area if it ain't you got to make adjustments but don't you know throw the baby out with the bathwater and just pack it all (laughs) in and go to go to the house you know i mean we've been easy for us to stay in camp and stuff like that and you know you got
2: cold and snowed in yeah
1: exactly (laughs) that that wasn't the case man i mean we we girded up and put our put our panties on one leg at a time and went on about our rat killing. You know? I mean, yeah. uh, I was, uh, we, uh, that's not in our motto anyway. You, you know, we're going to make adjustments if, um, and these guys, you know, we're kind of spoiled because we hunt with two guys who got, you know, 70 years of experience between both of them elk hunting. So it's really not fair when we say, you know, don't give up. I mean, these guys just, they know they the don't country. let you. They don't, and they won't let you give up either. But they—they they really, are, you guys are uncanny about the adjustments that you make and understanding where the elk aren't; they are somewhere else, right? right. So you just have to keep making adjustments. And that, but thats in anything you do, Joe. Anything you, know, you got to make adjustments.
4: And and that's a, the thing that everybody's got to think. You know, that's like when people say that you know uh, it's real dry or it's real windy or the, it's a full moon. Yeah. Look, the the elk are still. Whether you're no. rifle hunting or whether you're archery hunting, the elk are there. You know they haven't disappeared. They are someplace. So if they're not here, that means they got to be someplace else. Now, does that mean that you have to know every inch of that country? You no, you don't. Uh, a lot of people don't eliminate. So in other words, if I know that they're not in this food source in this area. what are other food sources in other areas that would attract them that has security they got to have water and they got to have food they can bed down in a lot of places and and feel safe right it doesn't have to be a north face it could be a drop off i mean we have found them in crevices and mesa areas that were flat and they were down in the river areas bedding down right because Nobody ever went and bothered them there. But they got to have food and they got to have water, man. So when you do that, that eliminates a lot of area. You know, if it's hot and dry on a south-facing area uh, that, where that grass isn't any good, if you can find bottoms where there's any kind of moisture, grass is always going to be better. And where grass is better, elk are going to be there. You know, so if you've got real steep rivers that are coming down a canyon and they hit an area where that creek flattens out, well, where that flattens out means that that moisture is going to spe- spread more, you're going to have better grass in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Chab just wrote an article that's on our website. Um, about uh, the different foods, some of the different treats that elk like, you know, like uh, aspen or like acorns or pinyon pine, mushrooms even, you know, when those they're opportunists elk. So when you have certain things in an area that you realize is happening, pay attention to that man because those food sources attract them. Okay, number
2: real six. Real quick, real quick yeah. before we go to number six, uh, when I think of never, never give up. I, I can't help to think about one of our grinders Mr. Bozart with mm-hmm. his story this this past oh, season. Yeah. And uh you know talk the whole about camp stolen and everything. The whole camp stolen and everything yeah. and the guy still got it done yeah. uh after that event and for him and her his family. So I mean talk about the right mindset, you know, that's the mindset I want to, you know, that's what I want to be when I grow up right you there. <laughs> And, and I'll tell you, I, he, he won't say anything because he's the type
4: of person right? But, that he is. But Leroy Chavez is with us tonight. He's with us tonight because that's his well. mentality. No, no uh,
2: Absolutely. It,
4: it, you know, uh, the guy never, ever gave up in some of the worst frigging conditions ever, man. And, you know... It, when you have this mentality, it's not just El Cunning, it's in life. Mm-hmm. It's in anything you do. You adjust. You don't give up. If there's a will, there is a way. You find the way, man. And, you know, sometimes that way means you got to ask for help or you got to surround yourself with positive people. You know, it doesn't mean that you sure. have to do it yourself. Your adjustment does not always mean that you have to do it. It means that you gotta just find a way. And sometimes that might mean, you know, finding
2: help in other places. You bet. Right. I'm here to help, Manano. Anytime you need it, just so know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Number six, trust in your training. Trust in your training. This is exactly what works, man. If if you've trained it, if you've done it, if you prepared for it, believe it and stay true to it with confidence. You know, don't let it crack you, man. Uh, uh, I, and that has to do with it. You know, if you, if you look, all this stuff piles on top of each other. Because if you trust in your training, that means you're never, never going to give up. That mm-hmm. means that you know that it can change in just five minutes, right? Uh-huh. That, that means that you expect it to be hard. and You understand that the hunt can be a grind. But you still expect to have success. Do you see how all of this relates? Mm-hmm. All of this ties in.
1: Yep. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you go in there with that mindset, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, what's going to, you're going to have to dig deep, especially if the elk are not exactly where you thought they were going to be. You got to make, you got to make adjustments, all of those things that you've listed out here, you know, right here, it all boils down into your training, right. And what you've done to prepare yourself for what's coming forward. Right. And, uh, and if you've trust in your training, I mean, that's exactly what you have to do to build confidence. Yep. When you, when you train, when you prop train properly, you'll build confidence in the areas, uh, that you need to, uh, to close the deal and to make things happen. All of those other five will will get in line that we've went through if your yeah,
2: training's proper. Absolutely. And when we say training, we're talking we're talking mental, body and spirit. Physical training, yes. spiritual, <laughs> you're spiritual training, yeah, your woodsmanship, you're calling, uh, you're yeah, yes. you're calling absolutely. Uh, the area. I mean, it's not just a one bucket kind of no. deal. I mean, we're it's talking true. the all the the building building blocks blocks that conform your elk training absolutely
4: man absolutely and you know uh it uh it it reminds me a lot of a, a buddy of mine that hunted i helped him out for the first time It was his first elk hunt this year shout out to rick smith a friend of mine that uh that drew in an area and asked me to help him out a little bit and i told him i said Rick, I want you just to work through. It doesn't look like an elk area where I'm telling you to go, but I want you to work through there, and all I want you to do is to work through cow calling and pay attention because they're going to come in to you silent. He was doing an early hunt, right? Well, so Rick sends me a text and he's got a he's got a five by five down that he shot on his first elk hunt with the bow, right? Wow. and so and, cool. and I'm like, I'm like, dude, tell me a story. And He goes, Joe, man, and he's like, after the fourth elk that I called in, not being ready because I didn't believe. He said, <laughs> you know, you you kept telling me they were just going to show up silently, and I was like, you know, I'm cow calling. It's like I just did not really truly believe and trust in what you told me you know i i I did not commit myself to it he says after the fourth elk came in on me silently he said he said i'm going back this evening and i am committing i am believing and i'm trusting that when i cow call something's going to come in silent sure enough (laughs) five by five comes in and he fills his first tag on his first time right wow yeah that
1: that guy wasn't a believer after the first time joe he ain't learned much <laughs> it,
5: wouldn't have took,
1: it wouldn't have took hitting me in the face with a crappy mop when i first one i'd have called in i've been rocking rolling man yeah. so that is that is a great story and, and you man. know I
2: got it done i want to say something here that i'm going to be definitely exposing myself here and uh you know show myself very vulnerable to this to this subject but i think it's important for listeners to understand um keep your shirt on, bro, please. Where I, I will. I will. Well, okay. <laughs> of course. Of course. Why wouldn't I? You know, but no, no, but the truth, but the truth of the matter is that look, um it's easy it's easy for me to feel confident and uh believing that this is going to take place when I wake up in the morning and I'm going out hunting with Joe and Manano. Okay. Um it's easy for all those things that we've already talked about for that being the case, because I rely a lot on the knowledge of both of these gentlemen. Okay. And so for me to listen to stories of the grinders that have learned through the podcasts and gone out on their first hunt and being able to harvest an elk on their first hunt by themselves that to me is mind blowing. I mean, I just, I can't imagine how crazy that is. I mean, being able to minimize the learning curve of people in such a matter is unbelievable because today me being part of all these podcasts and hunting with these guys, I go out there in the woods. Yes. By now I feel confident that I could potentially seal the deal. Right. But, Trust, believe you me it's not like i 100 know for sure for a fact that this is going to happen i have a strong belief in it but it's taken me four years of hunting with these guys and learning every season through these podcasts and through personal training and all of this stuff so that just I just want listeners to understand the importance of the knowledge sharing that that you guys are are giving them it's just mind-blowing
1: we had him on today paul snower had first elk hunt goes up to idaho and he's in elk every day call he's like man this is unbelievable he just walks into a herd of elk and just and he kills a bull and then called in more bulls the next two or three days for other than people, other people <laughs> for other people, yeah, yeah. than ah. most people ever see. You know, That's and uh, the guy, but he he said that to Luis and I when he was in camp with us. He said, "I would have never ever been able to do that had I not had had you guys not armed me with the knowledge from the base camp and from all of the podcasts that I've listened from the information that you guys have given us." He yeah. said, Man, I I just I and now he goes, I think about it now, I wouldn't even have known where to start. You know, he goes, and now I feel like I can go into the woods and kill an elk every time I walk in there, you know. He goes, and then I was passing guys all the time up the trailhead and they're like, Man, I ain't heard elk, I ain't seen elk, there ain't no elk here. And right. he's in the middle of a herd, you know what I mean? Because you
4: know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna give a plug right now too for um, Corey Jacobson's uh, from Elk 101, he, his Destination Elk V3 mm-hmm. uh, came out this week. I think it just came out, you know, by the time you hear this, it was last week. Yeah. But if you saw his first episode, you know, uh, Corey is a world champion caller. He's yeah. an incredibly successful hunter. And his whole first episode is them moving through the mountains man i mean and this is after having done i think he did multiple days of scouting before opening day and on opening day they got one bull to answer back they heard one squeak and never got to see an animal and you know and the whole time is he's moving through and it's like hey you know that's elk hunting You know that's what it is, and and I'm the baddest caller on the planet,
1: and this can happen to me.
4: Absolutely, but because it, he understands Mm -hmm. what the expectation of the grind is, and knows that if he gets one to give themselves away Mm -hmm. and ends up seeing one, they're in trouble. So Mm -hmm. you know it's all about the hunt part of it, but he knows he has that skill set. He's confident in his skill set and knows that you just got to keep working, man. You just got to keep working, right? right? Chav, do me a favor, man. I want you to take care of number seven here because you
3: taught me this. Oh, number seven? Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't believe in can't. Uh, When we were coaching track, uh, we didn't let our kids even say the word can't. If they said it, they'd have to do some push-ups for us. Because uh, you know that wasn't in their vocabulary. That wasn't in our team vocabulary. So, uh, if it if it was possible, we we're going to do it. Uh, so that's where that that comes from. You know, you just got to believe you can do something, and and like it. Like everybody's been stressing, it all goes back to preparation. You know, if you if you prepare, you're going to be successful. And I think you know Joe alluded to it earlier in a previous podcast or podcast. Um. You know, we trained our kids, and they believed in the training. And uh, if they believed in the training, we knew that when it came down to it, they were going to be successful at the end of the year. We didn't have to tell them, we're going to win state this year. Uh, just believe in the training, and it'll take care of itself. And that's how we were able to be real successful in our in our uh, track coaching careers. And now in, in the Hyundai careers, I know for sure, you know, looking at my uh, – my uh, computer and i see joe gilbert uh, Manano and luis i know when these guys draw back something's going down because <laughs> <laughs> they flat out can shoot and um, you know that if they're if they've drawn back i mean you know something definitely going down okay. so a lot of it comes from preparation you know these guys prepare for it or have prepared during. yeah and we
1: don't season. leave the preparation just at home, man, we get, yeah. we, yeah, yeah. we constantly preparing in camp,
3: yeah.
1: you know, we shoot, we get in different scenarios. You know, I, now I know how to shoot without my peep. You know, I never done that before, but because I went through that, I went out there and decided, well, man, what if I don't have a peep? You know, what if something goes wrong and I ain't got the peep? Well, how's that going to act in a 40 yard shot? You know, now, no. Okay. No peep, no problem. I know exactly what to do. You know, so, I actually got
2: a peep that you can still see through even when it's rotated, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's a, another failure mechanism eliminated, you know. But we prepare, man. I, I tell, and I've had guys in camp with me that are like, um, uh, man, how come you're shooting at that distance? And I'm like, because man, it, it makes those other distances look like a walk in the park, you know, that's, those 40 yard shots look like they're 10.
4: i I don't shoot 70s to be able to shoot 70 yards out there i shoot 70 because that makes my 50 it just dials it in man i always like to shoot past what my what i consider my effective range and Mm -hmm. and it makes my effective range so much more solid and that's something you know you guys always hear gilbert uh you always hear him talking about us shooting at a hundred yards and this and that. That's more. That's like fun stuff, and it just gets you dialed in. When when you have a target way the heck out there, and and you're having to take a shot at something that is at that kind of distance. When you go up now to forty yards, that target. I mean, it's it's like a, a for a <laughs> basketball player. It's like that goal gets four foot wide man to shoot that basketball because uh you've just dialed yourself in you've changed your focus you've learned to aim small miss small uh so i i I think a lot of people relax when something's close and they really don't focus on you know that that tiny little target there but you know when we talk about the word can't y'all i truly believe that the translation of can't really is you won't that you don't want to try that you've given up. And, and I, I just want to tell you, there is nothing within the realm of your physical and mental possibilities that you can't do. It may be difficult. It may be incredibly hard, or you may need some help or a workaround. but the key is in the trying man. Right. And, and that's, that's where we wanted to leave that, you know. So if you catch yourself doing something during the hunt and believing that you can't do something, all you're just saying is, "Is you you won't do it?" Yeah. yeah. And it's true. It's like you it said. Can oh. means won't.
2: Yep. Yep. I not do or do not.
6: Yep. Find the find the reset button. Push it. Yeah. Reset mine Absolutely.
4: And now the the last one, number eight, is something that um is is something that. Uh, Somebody shared with me years ago and uh, had given me a book uh, that was entitled 212. And I'm telling everybody, I want you to remember the number 211. 211? Yep, 211. Now, the book that I got was called 212. And let me tell you why 211. Because water, when heated up to 211 degrees, All of this energy that goes into it, all of this amount of time to get it up to 211 degrees is just hot water. It's just hot water. All of that energy it took. But get this. One more degree of energy at 212 degrees, water Mm. turns to steam. It changes. It becomes power. It has now gone from hot water to something that can create electricity, that can make locomotives go, that can, you know, it becomes this incredible power that can cut through steel and other objects that before was just hot water. So what I want you to think about in this is that to me, That number is a lot like a lot of us preparing now or on our next hunt. That each of us, we put out this certain amount of energy, this time and commitment in order to punch our tag. But what is it going to take to move each of us from that 90% group into the 10% club? Mm -hmm. Well, guys. One degree. I believe a lot of times it's one more degree of effort, one Mm -hmm. more degree of energy, one more degree of putting yourself out there to make it happen, right? Yep. One more degree in a hunt, 100 yards up. I mean, we've done traveled six, seven miles, and we went 100 yards up and 100 yards over a ridge. One more degree of effort changed the whole hunt. That was something I wanted to leave you guys with tonight. That's what I wanted to leave in your mind.
1: Yeah, yeah just like it, Joe. I, I do too. I mean, it's the it's that one more thing that you do to create that opportunity for yourself. You know, <laughs> Joe. It. it uh, so many times we've been elk hunting, and you know, we just didn't feel like it was going to happen. It's just one more ridge that we poked our nose over, right? Right. And everything was different, right? one, one more mile, one more, uh, shot. I mean, one more hour man. stay in dark,
5: right? Yeah. Yep.
1: One more hike. One more trip, you know, I mean, A more circle. Yeah. One more circle. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's all of those things that add up that create, uh, the opportunity and the success that you have. It's like I said, guys, you know, Real easy to quit, man. It's so hard to keep that focus. It's
6: really easy to quit, especially if you are behind Joe after he ate paella. <laughs> it's
5: really man, easy to babies, quit. Oh, man. Babies,
2: Ooh. that's
4: all I'm saying. Y'all are a bunch man, of babies. You man. know you know how you know cow-
2: how smells you know how smells and tastes? can just kind of trigger memories and just make you feel it all over again. I just had one of those moments, man. I feel like throwing up here. He's shivering bit. over there. Ooh. Yeah, man, it, that was it, horrible joke. Yeah, that's what oh happens, you know, when, you, when you've magic. lived
4: a privileged life and you have,
2: you know, you have. I'm gonna it, tell you know, what, man. It doesn't yeah. matter if you have. All these eight strong mindset points, very <laughs> well defined. Like you smell that, brother? All that just <laughs> completely goes out. I, they talk about wanting to quit right uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm.
4: But Ooh. yeah, see, and, and that's all that was. That was a test, man. That was just
1: a yeah, test. Yeah, and they passed. You, feel, you were made they sniffed it all up and bled yeah, up
5: they
2: laid down and cried, Gilbert, man.
1: They oh, were laying down man.
5: and crying. Until never, I was, look, I was probably
2: 12 feet behind Joe, and I had my nano between me and joe with his big nose sucking up all the air before he even got to me i still smelled it hey
4: bro it I, I'm, I'm sorry but most people are going to start telling you this when they start seeing in your podcast y'all look like twins man so i don't know about this big nose thing man y'all <laughs> y'all, look,
5: y'all
1: <laughs> yeah. look like twins you guys look, you look like, like brothers like, yeah, with with the, your the, brothers can with be with the beards now they look like yeah. twin osamas man yeah, yeah. Osamas. the only <laughs> difference
2: is the only difference is i look a lot younger mm-hmm let's go let's move on to this
1: yeah move forward joe (laughs) gilbert you've got the elk girls mailbox tonight all right my brothers uh last year uh this is from brother ed morris uh in louisville kentucky louisville Louisville. i'm sorry there you Um, go louisville that's what i like to say (laughs) uh from louisville kentucky and last year, he said he was in Colorado. He said, I had about eight minutes of legal shooting time when a bull walked in. He said, I was deep in the timber. and When I raised my bow, I could not distinguish my pins as they all seemed to meld together due to the diminishing light. As Colorado does not allow hunters to have a light on their sight, I could not make the shot. However, during whitetail, I had a similar situation, but was using a single pin sight and was able to see the pin and my target and made the shot. I realize that sometimes things happen so fast that it's hard to use a single pin and adjust the distance. What are your thoughts on multi-fixed pin versus single pin on your elk rigs? That's a great question. Yeah.
4: It, it is. Get rid of the pins, man. Shoot instinctive. It (laughs) (laughs) works. Yeah, Yeah. you you
1: can do that. You want to, you know, if you want to uh, put in thirty some odd years worth of training. So that's what it takes.
4: So here's what I'm going to tell you: is this is I think the single pin sight is fine, and you have that single pin sight set for thirty yards, and know where it needs to be on an elk body at forty and twenty. And I think you're pretty much set because if you have that animal further out, 50, 60 out there, now you're going to have time to range that animal. It's not going to happen so fast. So you're going to have the ability before that animal gets close. It's when it's tight and quick that you don't have time, when that animal's 30 yards and on you like that. And I, I, I tell guys, I don't know why you need five pins. I think three pins is all you need, number one. I, I believe and keep it simple so that you don't make a mistake with pins when you get nervous and stuff like that out there. But honestly, you know, I think, Chav, you shot one pin for a while.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to shoot just one pin, uh, and it was at, like I said, 30. But, you know, I, I wouldn't take a shot over 40, so mm-hmm. I could make the adjustment up and down. And know no.
4: exactly where you needed yeah. to be for 20 Ten, forty, right? With that yeah. Uh, you know?
3: yeah. I could just move it up and down the body. Now, uh, now we're going to
4: hear from the pin shooters.
6: Yeah, if I, I'm able to have a six pin, I will definitely have six pins. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, no I, doubt. I mean, it's so many things that may happen on during the uh, uh, waiting for an animal. You have to range it. You have to. End, you have to move the sights, and I don't. I don't know. I, 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 I feel comfortable. I'm saying, I, I agree. move your sight.
2: I agree with Manano as well. Um, and, and but, but here's another factor that I'm going to throw at it is that normally if your bow is very fast and you have six pins, it's very possible those six pins are very close together. And, you know, you're going to come into the situation where he's at right now. Those pins are going to be way too close and they're going to just kind of blend uh, all in, especially in 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 in, in lighter situations. If your bow is very fast, now, if you shoot heavy arrows, exactly. uh, and and you have
5: they're gonna be you know, spread out. May,
2: maybe lesser spins and le- less spins, Then instead of six pins, you still go with four pins. Those pins are gonna be way more separated, and you can just kind of feel comfortable shooting the distances in between pins, knowing that halfway between pins is yeah,
5: halfway. I don't, the think, distance I don't as well. think his
1: problem I don't think his problem was the pins. I think his problem is that he couldn't see them because it was low light. Light. And yeah. he couldn't use the lighted pins in Colorado. So yeah. I get what he's I get what he's talking about. Uh, however, there's some really good pins out there now that have uh, they fiber have optic? fiber optic mm-hmm. and uh, they are almost lit up in any light. Uh, situation that's so, a
2: good point better yes yeah.
1: so i would research uh if it were me uh and i would research some different pin types that actually gather more light so you are able to do that but listen man if you like the one pin setup and you practice with it Absolutely. like joe said you like it out you, you go to 30 yards and split that and you're comfortable with it by all means brother go knock your lights out and go kill some elk. Because I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of guys out there that shoot one pin. You know, there are a lot of guys that have a dial. There are a lot of guys that shoot a pendulum. I mean, it just really depends on what you practice with and what you're more comfortable with. There was a time in my elk hunting career that I thought I was going to do the same thing. that I was just going to run, you know, two or three pins. I wasn't going to shoot past 50 yards anyway. So I was going to run two or three pins. It wasn't going to be any big deal. And I shot a really fast, uh bow tech bow that it didn't matter if i shot one pin or the other i'm gonna be about four inches off you know so i could make the adjustment in the field for me Ed uh, i think it really depends on what you like uh but i have never run the one pin setup uh, i enjoy having my six pins as Chav will tell you uh i i'm not challenged to shoot 70 yards if I have to, um, I'm gonna make that shot. And I can't do that with two or three pins. Um, so for me, I'm confident out to those ranges. Um, and I don't have any problem letting that arrow eat at the right, if the right situation uh, uh presents itself. And you can still shoot 67 yards with one pin. They got it on a dial, you know. So but I like my pins. I, I use them to gap as well when I need to shoot further distances so uh, i hope that answers some, uh, some yeah. of some questions
4: yeah i think that was a good job man yeah that's a good show tonight y'all
1: absolutely uh, yeah, great content great content joe uh, you know again guys you know if you like what we're doing please subscribe rate and review us you gotta go to apple Podcasts or I, apple itunes to review us and you can check out more elk hunting content at uh elk bros I'm going to
4: personally ask y'all to please go and rate and review. um, Yes. Because that's what drives this game and helps us uh, in what we want to do to be able to uh, have people come in and see uh, our products and what we do. So we, we sure appreciate your help on that. If you feel like we're giving you something of value, do us a favor. Take a minute. Take five if you have to please give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, It it doesn't mean it has to be a great review. Give us what you believe we're doing because that gives us information. It helps us to get better.
1: Amen. Absolutely. And guys, if you're one of our listeners or like your question answered on the show, just send your question to info at elkbros.com. That's info at elkbros.com. Guys, go out and check out the Venezuelan Mafia podcast. I'm sure you can probably pull up some kind of uh some kind of uh translator we, yeah well no what do they what do they call that uh closed captioning oh, caption. yeah, <laughs> under there huh I don't we don't know. put that some closed captioning maybe path. on youtube uh if not we'll get lo- uh, Luis and Manano to figure that out but y'all go out there and support VM hunters because the Venezuelan mafia and Los Casadores <laughs> is gonna be wild and it's gonna be awesome.
6: Unleash all, all, all the yeah. time.
1: <laughs> unleashed all the time. Yeah, nobody will you know guys, whether you're unleashed man. or not, Padman.
6: <laughs> we are
4: super proud of you guys, man. No,
1: yeah. 100% proud of us. I want to give a big shout-out again to the, to the Minnesota man, uh, Paul Snort, for coming on the show. It was so good to have Paul in. Always good to have the Elk Bros Grinders with us, Joe. It's been fantastic. Great content on our mental mindset. And what we're coming up can't wait for next week. And like we say down here in Texas, husbands kiss your wives, wives kiss your husbands. Hug your babies, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Peace,
4: peace, peace, everybody.
0: Peace. 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 Do, Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to HuntStand presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.